Today, we're gonna to talk about how basic savings habits can lead to success in your real estate investing. Okay, so Andrew, today I wanna to talk about money-saving habits that eventually carry over into real estate. Like even from before any of us got into real estate, there's probably certain things that we both do that are just there to save money. And sometimes little things, but eventually these things, these habits transfer over into bigger real estate things that end up saving us tons of money, whether it's on renovations, whether it's on just generally buying something on sale or on discount, or being able to see an opportunity. Things are undervalued. So let's talk about money-saving habits. What's one of the most basic, I'm talking about super basic, things that you were trying to save money on even before you got into real estate? Bringing lunches to work when I had a yeah. job. I would always make sure that I would do it. And if I didn't bring lunches to work, I'd be upset that I was wasting money on food. In the grand scheme of things, it's not a game changer. You hear it all the time where people say, you got to save money on lunches, on avocado toast, or buy less Starbucks. It's really not about saving that money. It's just simply about making more because it's a lot harder to save the money than it is to make more of it to cover those costs. Yeah, because there's only so many areas in your day-to-day -day life that you can save. But the thing about food is that food is something that you're going to be spending every day, so it quickly adds up. There's a lot of things, even in day-to-day -day life and in real estate, that are the little things that, that you end up spending a lot of money over time. Being able to shop around for the best ways to economize on food is not too dissimilar to being able to shop around for things that you pay for at your property. Like some people, I even hear about buying wholesale utilities. I hear people buying, uh, shopping around for better internet that they're providing at their rental properties. I mean, you're paying a $100 internet bill. Imagine if you cut that down to half. And it's not that you just do it here. You do it here, you do it there, you do it everywhere. The whole thing adds up. I'm all for saving money. I love saving money and I love a good deal because it feels to me like I'm winning. However, I don't like to skimp out on things and be cheap. And I think yeah. there is a balance between finding value in things and being cheap. Because yep. value is a really good thing, but I will gladly pay more for something. It provides me more value versus less for something just to save a penny. There's a difference between being able to see value and being cheap on things. Being on cheap on things may, might mean that you buy things that don't provide you value necessarily. It's just cheap. But you can be buying things that are cheap and it's just junk. It's kind of like buying cheap food. Sometimes it's just junk food. And I've eaten a lot of that in my day. <laughs> 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 working on that to get better. Hey, all things with time, all things with time. And there's a certain degree of determination, right? That's right. One of the things I used to do when I was younger uh, that I do in my real estate career even today is I always shop around for the deals when it comes to, let's say, internet, phone plans, or anything like that, that you might be paying regularly on your property. Like, how much do you pay for internet every month? About 120 bucks. 120 bucks on internet? What do you have? Just the best of the best, <laughs> I the guess. Best of the best. I don't know, yeah. man. I shopped around and I got this deal on uh, Bell 5 internet. I got it for 50 bucks and it's 1.5 gigabit on the five line, right? That's amazing. It's unlimited. Right. So the minute that came up, I actually canceled the Internet, at all of my properties that I was providing Internet to. And I'm just like, OK, can you install it here, 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 here? I ordered freaking 10 Internet services just on that day. And it was a three day blitz deal. So that actually includes cable as well, because I still have. Oh, okay. I still have cable. <laughs> you have cable? I, hey, man, we got to watch sports. Sports oh, is yeah. always on at my house and we got to track things. So it's easier than logging into an app to watch it. The Internet thing. Yes, I agree that it's good to find a good deal because that's a monthly reoccurring cost. And if you can cut that down on a pro forma, especially when it comes to real estate and rental properties, then over the year, that's going to save you money. Yeah. Better yet, pass it on to the tenants so that they can pay for their own internet. Yeah. You know what? Sometimes when people think, okay, well, is this money really going to make a difference? It's like you, you save a little bit here, save a little bit there, and then you actually have enough money to do something, maybe make your money work for you on your investment property, or maybe depending on how aggressively you're saving, actually save enough for a down payment or to at least JV with somebody. So this is, is powerful stuff. You've made some good money over the last few flip deals that you have. Would you buy a new car? I would not buy a new car. Why not buy a new car? Well, the thing is I 
with the last few results of my flips, I could buy some really nice cars and, and a couple of them, to be honest with you. However, I stick with my 2014 Ford Explorer that I bought used that has rust on it because that is not important to me. Mm. It's safe enough for my family. It gets me where I need to go. I would not spend a new car because at the end of the day, right as soon as you drive that off the lot, you've lost money. Yeah. And as an investor, it's always important for me to look at the bottom line and the equity that I have in all of my assets. And I would say a car isn't an asset unless you're renting it out on Turo and making money for, or on Uber or something like that. That's your business. Exactly, exactly. So I'd never buy a new car. I would lease one through my business, however, which is something that people do. It's a tax write-off, but buying new is not something that's in my wheelhouse. This is where some old habits are hard to get by. You know, my, my godfather used to tell me something that he was always a little bit concerned about because the Chinese side of my family used to really instill this a lot, which was, you know, how to save money and how not to spend money on things that don't bring you the right amount of value. And he was concerned that I was going to continue living in a basement apartment forever in order to just save money and always give my tenants the nicer units. And that was true for a long time. I would never renovate my own place, but it was always my tenants were all living in palatial apartment units, right? And I was living in relative squalor for a long time. Well, it's funny when I do a flip, I go through the whole property and I really look at everything I want to do. I want to leave no stone unturned and make sure every aspect of the house is beautiful. And then I look at my own house that I live in. And if I was looking at it as a flip, holy, there's so many things that I would do different and things that have been broken for years I just haven't bothered fixing because there's no return on investment. <laughs> I'm not getting any money back if I'm fixing it just for the good of my health in my own home. And so that is a flaw of mine where maybe yeah. I'm cheap in my own house, but I'll spend properly on investments. Yeah, no, that see, that's where, you know, the that's where the asset becomes a little bit problematic. This question, how does your wife feel about it? There are things that she's okay with. Yeah. And there are things that she wants fixed. And we're doing we're compromising. Oh, like okay, a marriage. Like negotiating, a yeah. marriage. We're negotiating, we're compromising on what is most important to do right now and what can wait till maybe we sell it one day. Has she ever seen any of the projects that you finished? Oh, absolutely. Okay, I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And that's where those conversations are hard because she'll say, hey, that countertop that you put in at that property, that's pretty nice. Yeah, "Yeah, it is pretty nice. And it's more expensive than I want to spend on my own countertop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, can we have one of those? No. (laughs) No, it's too expensive. Yeah. Although I don't like... sensible. Yeah, exactly. I don't like saying too expensive. In fact, I'm getting that out of my vocabulary. So I apologize to the viewers for that there because I don't think anything is too expensive. You just need to know how you can afford it. Yeah. So you don't have to want it. It can be your choice, but don't say it's too expensive because that's living in a bit of a scarcity mindset. Yeah. You know what? It's interesting though, because one of the things that you learn over time and I... I start to realize this as I start to, you know, test it out. When I started to splurge a little bit, spend money on things that I wouldn't ordinarily spend money on, I realized that, you know, maybe it's what I've got used to, but not all these things necessarily make you any happier. No, it's true. Actually, my mom the other day asked me, so when you get your payment from your last flip, it was a good result. What are you going to buy? And I said, well, probably another flip. She said, no, 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 like something for yourself. You need something for yourself. And I couldn't think of anything I would want because nothing would return or retain the value. Yeah. The only thing I could think of was possibly a Rolex yeah. that's in demand that can increase in value over time. But of course, that's speculation. Or sports cards, you yeah. know, some graded high quality rookie cards that are going to retain or increase over time based on that market. <laughs> but I don't card. know enough about it to do it properly. It's just buying something, yeah. spending money on stuff doesn't bring me joy. No, Going no. on a trip with my family, 
that rhythm. That's an experience. You, yes. Those things are a little different. Actually, you know, I, I, I like that you mentioned the Rolex thing because that was something that I struggled with. Ping and I had a conversation about this and somebody told us that you have to reward yourself at least a little bit after every win. You should reward yourself. You don't have to spend too much money on anything, but you should give yourself a little treat. And we did end up buying a couple of Rolexes so that we can wear. But the thing is that I don't wear it, <laughs> right? I mean, I'm just the kind of guy, I don't like rings. I don't like watches very much, but uh, but the Rolex seemed to be something that, uh, it, it, it meant something. I found that it meant something more to other people than it meant to me. And I don't know how I feel about the purchase, but I didn't feel too bad about it because Rolexes do carry their value. So if I did ever want to sell it back again or do something with it, you know, it's not going to be really detrimental or anything like that. So where do you store that beautiful green box? <laughs> at home in uh, my underwear drawer okay right, yeah, pretty much yeah, exactly, <laughs> so exactly. That's, that's where it stays right and uh every now and then my my friends like to talk about it and i'll bring it down and i'll shell them or something like that that's about the most value i think i get out of it <laughs> it's important right so there's a saving mentality that ends up bleeding over into real estate and then you know you start to wonder where it becomes detrimental and where it is an asset like i think with the way that we flip houses and when we start shopping for materials when we find sales yeah and just you know do you find that you do that the same way maybe you do groceries you're just like oh my god there's sales going on here i'm gonna go buy it i do the same thing when i found uh, smoke detectors at costco i went and i bought all of them i cleared <laughs> the place out or faucet i went to ikea one time and i bought like 80 something faucets whatever they had there on the clearance section i just bought all of it right so i can put them into the apartment units a hundred percent and it can be good when you save money however it can be a bad decision as well so an example would be i found a backsplash that was on sale and I didn't do much vetting as to how the design would look. And we installed it. And I walked in the day after it was installed. And I kind of looked at it and said, so those things where you save money, we have to be careful as investors. Is that money saved going to cost us money in the long run? Mm. If I spend a little bit more money on, say, a door, like a nice style door versus just a flat door, is that going to make the overall property look nicer yeah. that can get me more money in the long run? Because that ROI is what's going to be most important. And that's what creeps into our own lives. When I'm talking about renovating my own house, there's no ROI. However, if we're looking at a flip property, we're willing to spend that extra money to yep. create a better product that can sell for more. It's definitely a way of looking at anything and having a perception of value, right? a return, where I think there is a balance where not everything always has to return. For example, how often do you eat out? More than I should. <laughs> Less since I had a baby. We're yeah. stuck at home more, which has been really great. Yeah, eating out is something that can easily be overspent on. Yeah. And there's no return other than extra weight, maybe. Now there's eating now there's going out to eat where you have an experience. And I feel like those are they have a different value that, you know, you're gaining from doing this. But then there's eating out just because you are too lazy to cook or it's just convenient. And that's a little bit different, right? So how how often do you think you you do this, or how much how how often would you go out to eat before, and how often do you go out to eat now? Yeah, it's less now, but I did want to add to that because there are a lot of people out there that say they don't have any money for certain things, they don't have money to invest, they don't have money to do things for themselves that are actually going to bring them joy and be of value. However, if you were to look at their credit card or bank statement, you'll see Uber Eats on there, you'll yeah. see Skip the Dishes, you'll yeah. see this bar, that bar, that restaurant. And that all adds up with the average person. Yeah. They don't see that expense, much like we sometimes don't as well. And those are the killers where it just bleeds you over time. Yeah, but this is the thing. This is where all those little things add up so much. And this is where that habit, if that is how you spend money in your day-to-day -day life, you might look at how you manage your rental properties or your flip projects. And you will probably see certain things like that happening 
in those areas as well. Like little renovation items adding up. Like when the contractor says, well, why don't you do that? Well, why don't you do that? Well, why don't you do that? Well, now your flip project is blown out of proportion and you spend way too much money. Same thing as you may have done in real life for your day-to-day stuff, right? Starbucks every day, whatever. I, I agree. And you have to maybe learn the hard way because I was there that point at yeah. one point where a contractor would come in and they would keep pushing and pushing and pushing other things in there. And at first, when you're starting out, you think, okay, they're the professional. They're probably right. We probably need to address all those problems. Yeah. Not always the case. You know, there's an app I know that uh, would look at your bank statement or your credit card statement, and it would filter out things that you probably don't need. And one of the first things it usually targets is gym memberships. Mm. Right? How many of us have gym memberships that we just don't go to? I, I, I ended up getting a gym at my house just because I, 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 for some reason, wasn't finding the time to drive to the gym and go work out. So I just ended up having one right next to my desk. And anytime I could do anything, I would do something, which isn't that often, but it's better than what I was doing before. And it doesn't cost me anything. Yeah, a lot of those hidden costs that people don't realize, some people with storage units. I know from an investing angle, people love storage units right now. But if you're the regular consumer and you have a storage unit because you have too much stuff that you don't use or you don't really need, you're bleeding your bank account every month by two, three, four hundred, whatever it is to rent a unit. It appalls me how many people are willing to pay just to keep their stuff it's and their junk. junk because they see that as <laughs> they see that as having value but it's it's only within a few months that they've already offset the value by paying for storage you could have just sold all that for whatever, save the money on the storage, and then you could have gone and bought new stuff when you want it, when you actually need it. But a lot of people are in the negative for that. And even when it comes to real estate investors, because you said, unless you're a real estate investor, maybe this has value. I know tons of real estate investors who use the garage at every one of the rental properties <laughs> to store things that they will eventually use. Uh-huh. But one thing I have any kind of advice for any other real estate investors who have a bunch of stuff is that if you can't organize your stuff, it's junk. Yeah. It's practically junk because you're never going to use it, you know, and I come from a family that keeps all kinds of things like construction supplies, faucets, you know, freaking uh, random flooring material. The honest truth is that when we do need it, we can't find it. So we go buy it. hundred <laughs> percent. Right? So why are we keeping it? It sits there and collects more dust. Yeah. And it becomes a problem. Then you have to pay to clean it. And then when you need to sell your property... <laughs> It's just filled with stuff. It's it's a perpetual game. There's a group called the Minimalists and they have a challenge. It's a 30-day challenge. You go through your house or maybe your garage or maybe your storage unit and anything you don't use or you haven't used for the past three or six months, you get rid of. On day one, you get rid of one thing. Maybe yeah. it's a pencil in a drawer that you haven't used or it's broken. Day two, you get rid of two things you haven't used and you go on and on and on. And by the end of the month, you've gotten rid of a lot of things that you don't need and that don't bring you value. An interesting thing to compare it to real estate is that a lot of investors, maybe they've gotten comfortable and they're relatively successful or maybe not. And they have properties that don't perform. Mm -hmm. So the properties that don't perform just sit there and maybe they're bleeding money every month because they have to pay to cover all the expenses with the rent not covering those expenses. Why are you holding on to these properties that aren't performing, Mm -hmm. especially if they have equity in them, whether you're going to refinance them or whatever, I would say dump them just like you would dump junk. Take that money, go put it somewhere else where it can actually return and bring you more joy by filling up your yeah your bank account you know that's very interesting because if people i bet anything that if people can see that in their day-to-day lives that they're doing this they're probably doing this in their business they're probably doing this with their investments just not keeping the right investments and not knowing how to trade things out for more value because they're unable to actually see true value as it has it one of my mentors says how you do one thing is how you do everything Mm. and it's so true you probably are emulating the same habits in different parts of your lives 
just with different vehicles. This is where I, I talk to people about the way they go about saving. Because we, we, we know, for experienced real estate investors, we know that trying to save money in order to get into real estate is a very challenging hurdle. There are enough people who do get there, right? But it takes them a long time. People work a decade and save for a very long time in order to buy their first property. That's why they say it's going to be one of the biggest purchases you're ever going to make. It's a lot of sacrifice to save in order to get there. But one thing, if, you're on, if you are on that journey that you can maybe look at to help get yourself there a little bit faster is maybe start looking at expenses that you're unwilling to face. Some expenses that I find a lot of people are unwilling to face is often the expense of other people. Sometimes people have people in their lives costing them a lot of money, <laughs> right? It can, be, it can be friends, it can be relatives, it can be a significant other or partner that is just a bleed on you. And it's not just a responsibility. Sometimes we justify things as responsibilities, but people burden other people sometimes. And you have to look at things and look to see whether or not this is a fundamental responsibility of yours. Because, you know, I know people who have supposed friends that are just not good at their lives. I'm not saying abandon people, right? But you just need to face them and realize it and budget it appropriately if you are going to contend with this. 